When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films, they can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFira. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, I'm doing good. Nice to be sitting here with you on this fine Friday and talking some baseball. We finally have uh, some games that we can be talking about. Every team's played, I think, five or six spring training games at least. So, at every minimum, team- yeah. Yeah, at a minimum. So uh, we've got fun stuff to talk about today. And um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Next week, we're going to be uh, really diving deep into the season uh, that is coming up because it is the last week of spring training games next week. Hard to believe we are only 13 days away from opening day. But LJ, shall we get right into uh, what we wanted to talk about today? Yeah, let's open up. We've got a uh, big signing here. One of the only guys left um, really that we knew was going to be moving around here. Tommy Pham is now officially off the market with a new team. Yes, he is. Tommy Pham has been signed by the Cincinnati Reds. Guaranteed $7.5 million on the deal. It's a one-year contract. Mutual option for 2023. And LJ, here's a guy who uh, 
between I'd say 2017 and 2019 was one of the most underrated players in the game uh, when he was on both the Cardinals and the Rays. Uh, he's always been a high home run, high stolen base guy with a very nice um, base percentage to boot with that. Uh, but the ground ball rate was an issue for him that really kept him from becoming a fantastic player. But he still uh, adds a lot of value and production uh, in the lineup. Uh, he has battled injuries throughout his career, but it was nice to see in 2021 him be able to put together 155 games. Oh, certainly. Yeah, look, this guy's going to provide value. I kind of almost see him at this point in his career. It's fair to say he's almost a Nick Castellanos light for that outfield because he's not going to give you the value on defense and he's going to still continue to provide legitimate value on offense, hopefully, if he can right this ship. I mean, I see no reason he's not a 115, 120 OPS plus type of guy again. He certainly still has the talent. It's not like his body's necessarily like completely decayed despite injury concerns. So I think there's plenty of room in here with another fully healthy season to really see him take a bounce back up as a good hitter. But I'm not sure necessarily we're going to talk about him doing anything, lighting it up special on the defensive side. No, certainly not on the defensive side. And, you know, it's it's pretty interesting because I'm looking at some of his batted ball data here so for his career his hard hit percentage is 49.5 percent compared to the MLB average over that time span of 38.7 percent so the guy has been hitting the ball really hard but where it really gets him uh in trouble 51.2 percent ground ball rate compared to a league average of 43.8 percent so the guy's hitting the ball hard but unfortunately ground balls are not the most efficient way uh to be productive on offense but still a guy with a lot of pop uh we saw him hit 15 homers last year which was a career low for seasons which he played over 100 games but I, I think we could see him get back over 20 homers, you know, with a with a little fix. The Reds had a great offense last year. So many guys broke out, like Jonathan India, and we saw uh, Jesse Winker truly break out as well. That I think that he'll uh, fit pretty well in this in this lineup. He is 34, so there's crazier things have happened than a 34 year old having a little bit of a career resurgence. No, and it's especially when it's like you have to make a drastic fix or else things are only going to get worse. So it's really now or never for this guy. You got to get the ball in the air. We're talking about a guy in 2021, 69th percentile in sprint speed. I don't feel like it was that much higher in other longer seasons. But for no, a 33-year-old, that's really impressive. Yes, but it's only going to go down with time. And the more, if you're in that top 20%, of runners, you're going to be able to make a high ground ball rate work. But as you're getting to 34 years old and we're already seeing clearly the sprint speeds declining, then we're going to run into those troubles, you know? So it's now or never for him to really reshape his game. And that's the end of the story. He kind of has to break out here. Well, up next, we are going to be talking about a retirement as veteran reliever Andrew Miller will be retiring after 
16 major league seasons. And what a career for this guy. Uh, really solidified himself in the 2010s as an elite back end of the bullpen guy. And when he was on the Yankees in both 2015 and 2016, he got Cy Young votes in both of those years. He had a few years with the Red Sox, I believe was a part of the 2013 team, uh, but did not pitch in the playoffs, but was still a part of that World Series winning team. And LJ, just a guy that, regardless of what team he was on throughout his entire career, was scary to face. Uh, you know, we saw it when he got to the Indians uh, in 2016 and 2017, how scary he was. And then when he went to the Cardinals to end out his career, uh, just a force on the mound for really all 16 years that he pitched. Once, once they figured out that he wasn't a starter in 2012, which was the Red Sox who first figured that out, uh, his career really took off and will be remembered as one of the better end-of-the-game uh, pitchers for about 10 years. Yeah, to put into some context how long his career is, again, from 20, 2006 all the way through 2021, midway through his career, roughly, he was traded by the Red Sox to the Baltimore Orioles for a prospect, some little prospect by the name of Eduardo Rodriguez. Eduardo Rodriguez has now not only come up, but spent all six years of his major league service time and left and signed another contract. And that was like halfway, this whole debacle happened about roughly halfway through Andrew Miller's career. But as for more Andrew Miller stats, 16 seasons, 612 games, two all-star appearances, those two years on the Cy Young ballot that Brandon mentioned, 10.6 strikeouts per nine innings pitched and an ALCS MVP. Also, I hadn't seen this before. 21 out of 41 batters struck out in the first two rounds of the 2016 postseason. That's that's disgusting work. Yeah, that that is that's really impressive. Um, LJ, and you were talking. To, you go ahead. To pitch that much too. Yeah, like, that's, that's that's a lot of batters. In, that is a lot of innings for two rounds. Like you're pitching almost every game there for the uh, Indians that year. You were talking about uh, a trades that he was a part of, one being for Eduardo Rodriguez. LJ, what about how this guy was a part of the Miguel Cabrera from the Marlins to the Tigers? He was a part of that trade. Oh my. He Lord. was then a part of the trade that sent the uh, Clint Frazier and Justice Sheffield to the New York Yankees. We traded Andrew Miller for Clint Frazier, J.P. Fireisen, and Justice Sheffield. <laughs> it's just, like, he was that valuable that we, that the Indians were like, sure, we'll take him on, like, I think it was a, a half-season flyer, and then they re-signed him for 2017 and 2018. But we will give up who was one of the top prospects in the sport at the time, Clint Frazier, just because this guy was that good. Uh, and they really needed help in their bullpen. Again, those are really, again, big names. The Yankees certainly didn't make the most out of that group. Neither did the Red Sox. I, I certainly can't say from what they got out of it, but Detroit certainly did. And uh, 
yeah, talk about influential people over the last decade and a half. You talk about Andrew Miller. Well, up next, we've got another extension to talk about, and it is the Angels announced that they've signed catcher Max Stassi to a three-year, $17.5 million extension. He'll earn $3 million in 2022 and $7 million apiece in 2023 and 2024. Uh, this is a guy who does his job extremely well at catcher uh he's not the best hitting catcher he's not even a league average hitter for his entire career but his last two years with the angels he's put up very good production hitting out of the catcher spot defensively uh he's great he's he's really good really good and now i'm sure lj has something for us uh in that regards uh right yeah i mean really pick pick a uh season you're gonna find a top eight top 20 percent uh fr- pitch framing season from this guy um elite pitch framer and that's really again the two things that i think that matter as much as being able to get those caught stealing and throw runners out on base i don't think that affects the game nearly as much as pitch framing does and not making mistakes behind the plate being able to block the ball well those are my two number one things, and that's exactly what he does. When you have as poor a pitching staff as the Angels currently do, you need that pitch framing guy. Realistically, we're looking at this. Um, another thing we didn't throw onto the uh, docket, but Shohei Otani, not really a surprise, named the opening day starter. I don't think that necessarily your two-way guy should be your ace. Like You can't, shouldn't be relying on him to be that way, but that's what this – team has turned into that's what this rotation has turned into that's just not a good uh practice to be in and you need a guy like max stassi to bail you out and stassi is a guy who you know there isn't a lot of catchers that do what what he's been been doing and i think that's why the angels are willing to say yeah you're 31 years old but we can get you for another three years and you can put up somewhat similar production. It's a win for us. And especially on that contract, 17 million spread across three years is relatively nothing. So, uh, you know, I think that another great deal of business here for the angels, uh, not that they did their absolute best this off season, because it seems like they never do and could have always improved the team more, but this is certainly a step in the right direction for the next few years. Well, let's move from the West Coast over to the East Coast. As the Blue Jays have made a, tr- a cross-country trade, actually. Cross-continental. They have. The Blue Jays and Rockies have agreed to a trade, sending outfielder Randall Grichik from Toronto to Colorado in exchange for outfielder Rymel Tapia. The Jays will also acquire infield prospect Adrian Pinto from the Rockies, and they will send uh, $9,716,000 to Colorado to help cover Grichik's contract. Okay, so first, 
I was doing a little bit of reading because I was really confused when I first saw this trade. The Blue Jays need a left-handed bat in their lineup, and so that's why they went for Tapia. Because okay. if you look at Rymel Tapia, the defensive numbers are not, you know, they're not the best, and the offensive numbers are also <laughs> not the best. Uh, we were talking about ground ball. Not the worst though. No, we were talking about ground ball percentage earlier, and Rymel Tapia at a whopping sixty-seven point five percent of his at bats end with a ground ball. That's um about twenty-four percent. He does better than he should with them. It's about 24% higher than the league average um, in that category. Randall Gritchick, I'm glad he's out of the AL East because he's a Yankee killer, but a guy who was also just super streaky at times. And, I mean, I guess I don't mind the trade for either side. I mean, maybe it's better for Colorado slightly, but I don't think that the Blue Jays really screwed up here at all. No, they didn't because at the end of the day, they have to be able to be an affordable and efficient franchise going forward. And with the moves that they were able to make this off season, your plans kind of have to change. Even if this guy was a guy you felt comfortable committing to for a decent period of time, like they did. Now that you get some of these other guys that you're going to have to pay in here, you see that you can really be aggressive and you can compete on this market you're going to have to change things up. We were talking about this the other day. I forget what free agent I was saying that, that I could see them still going after. And you kind of laughed it off because I was like, because you were like, where are they going to play him? And I'm like, this team doesn't have to stay the same. You can move any of these outfielders that you want. I mean, you're not going to move, move a guy like George Springer, obviously, but any of these other guys, these whether you want to put them at DH, whether you want to replace a guy in left right it doesn't matter who you're replacing if you're upgrading him you're upgrading him so guys having to sit on the bench isn't a thing when you can trade that that was very scattered i'm sorry but i guess my point was you can always trade a guy so don't be worried about not being able to start everyone yeah and one quick note on randall gritchick when, when you look at his stats compared to Tapia, it's like, wow, this guy is really good compared to Tapia. Because LJ, in 439 career games, Rymel Tapia has 19 home runs in his career. Okay. Randall okay. Gritchick has 156 home runs in 883 games. The guy has some pop. But an under 300 on base percentage for his whole career? How is that possible? The guy just, other than hits, he has a good, like, and... and, That's some Joe Adele numbers right there. Yeah, I mean, he has a 245 batting average, so it's basically like he's just, (laughs) that's like, that's all all you get from him, is him hitting the ball. There is no uh, discipline, it's just, (laughs) I don't know, Tapia at least 325 on base percentage for his career, but not nearly as much power, so... Overall, I think with a good. The of, but with the amount of power they have in this, yeah, they don't need uh, this team. They don't need it. No. They won't be missing anything major by not having one more power bat. Well, LJ, do you think it's time that we spend a few minutes to close the show out and overreact to spring training and what we've seen so far? Yes. Um, whether these will be overreactions or not. <laughs> 
are remaining to be seen, but there certainly has been enough time for us get us to get a sense of what's really going well. Brandon, what have you seen that's been going well? Well, I have been watching quite a bit of the Yankees, um, and the lineup looks looks good. I mean, I'm expecting all the hitters to you know be a lot better stats wise in these games than the the pitchers. The hitters are just makes sense. The pitchers have to get into a groove for when the season starts. The p- hitters are kind of already there, so, you know. Not much changes with their routine in spring training compared to the regular season, unlike pitchers. Uh, the Yankees' offense looks good. I'm watching their spring training game right now, have it on my second screen, and Luis Severino is about to take the mound in the bottom of the first. Really interested to see how he pitches today after he did not have the greatest opening start, um, but... Oh, nice. There's another DJ LeMahieu single. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, LJ, we also did... did We we should probably mention about the vaccine mandate and how that has gotten lifted for New York. I had not heard of this, so this is news to me. <laughs> uh, it, so, basically... Everyone knows about like Kyrie Irving and how he was unable to play in games because he's unvaccinated and New York City had a mandate that said you had to you have to be vaccinated in order to participate in these events. Well, they have just lifted it yesterday and for athletes and entertainers in quotes so i'm not sure how loose it is but now aaron judge will be able to play anthony rizzo will be able to play chris sale will be able to play uh when they have to play in new york toronto though has still not lifted it so any trip to toronto that your team takes and if you have unvaccinated players they will not be able to cross the border so just to keep an eye out for that. But as of right now, all the sanctions are lifted. Mets players, Yankees players, Nets, Giants, Jets, any of those players no longer need to be vaccinated to participate in their sport arenas, I guess. Is the word. Yeah, overall good on New York for finally making the right decision. Again, it's a matter of time. It's only a matter of time till Toronto makes that group. What I'd like to know is why hasn't Major League Baseball changed the IL rules for this? Because, yes, I know you're trying to strong arm these guys, whatever you feel is the right course of action to get people to make people get a vaccine. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Either way, you're just hurting the players that are vaccinated and the teams more when you don't deal with this correctly. Because as of right now, correct me if I'm wrong, you can't put them on like the COVID IL if they're not eligible to go to Canada. 
Right. So a team like uh, so a team like New York, they're walking in to Toronto with 20 guys, 22 guys. Just I'm just spitballing this right now. That's a huge disadvantage, especially if you're losing out on pitching. And all of a sudden, everything becomes more taxing and more tiring for these guys. I see no reason why you can't make the adjustment of the rule for this year that any of these guys that aren't allowed to play in, like if they weren't able to play in New York, but if they're not allowed to play in Toronto, you should be able to put them on the IL for that series and bring somebody else up that is vaccinated. Like that just seems too logical for them to not do it. I'm not sure why I haven't heard anyone talk about that. No, I mean, you know, you're, what what you're saying totally does make sense. Um, I unfortunately, I I'm not I'm not sure that I can a- answer those questions. But uh, Come on, Brandon, you're you're supposed you're supposed to be the expert here. You're supposed to be yeah. the expert on all things health and all things uh, MLB policy. I'm gonna well, go ahead I'll... and get started with our first overreaction here that you kind of already started into. The pitching is gonna be really bad. Really bad. I mean, really, really bad. We saw this exact same thing happen at the beginning of 2020, where half the pitchers just could not find the strike zone to save their life. And it's not like the pitching is that good to start the year most times, whether it's the cold or just starting. So now having basically losing a little over a week for pitchers and catchers reporting in this 28-day spring training that they have going, you're going to lose a lot of quality early on. How long do those effects last? I'm not sure. I really don't know. It could be till the beginning of May, late May. Some of these guys, these big guys that get hurt and then end up out for most of the year because of the arm not being ready. Who knows what we're going to see from this? All I know is we are going to have a very rough, very high scoring April. And not in the fun way, in the walking kind of way. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, I'm watching this Yankee spring training game right now, and uh, Kyle Gibson, I mean, this is a guy that made the All-Star game in 2021, is a legit pitcher, just got pulled after facing four batters, was not injured, but got pulled after facing four batters. He threw 25 pitches. I mean, I like, I get wanting to ramp these guys up, but like... So when this guy pitches for you on your third day of the season or fourth day of the season, however they set up their rotation, is is he going to have a start prior to then where he's thrown more than like 70 pitches? No I way. mean, but like, I I just, I mean, me and LJ were saying that it would, there, we didn't know how there was going to be enough time for them to be able to fit in a full 162 games like two weeks prior to the lockout ending. And we were saying, even if it ended now, we don't know how they're going to be able to fit in a full 162 games. Two weeks later, they finally end the lockout, and then we're still, like, yeah, we're still playing 162 games. It's just unfair for, like, the pitchers. I mean, sure, these guys can train and everything, and I get that argument. Like, yeah, they can train on their own, but they don't have access to the to coaches or the team training staff or team doctors or any of the actual resources that they're used to using, like, every day of their life. And now they do for such a short amount of time. 
yeah, it's just, it's going to be a rough scene. Brandon, what's your next overreaction from what we've seen through spring training thus far? The Kansas City Royals are back. <laughs> They're 5-0. and oh. Brandon, the, what I believe you're saying here is the Kansas City Royals are the greatest team of all time and will be the greatest team of all time. Daniel Lynch will be a Cy Young winner. No, <laughs> I don't know. I'm... Yeah, the Royals are 5-0, and and their offense has looked good. They've scored five, at least five runs in every single game that they played. That's at least a good sign. Um, I haven't really looked at very much like leaderboard stuff for spring training stats, but I have to imagine there's quite a few Royals on there. And, you know, even though these games are exhibition and you know, you're not really managing to win. It's still, I'm sure it still feels nice to win. No, LJ? Like, these guys are still oh, like, oh. absolutely. Like, you're still trying. It's hard to half-ass hitting. Like, you're either yeah. up there wanting to hit the ball or you're not. It's kind of hard to give less than it's, 100%. I can't remember the exact it. quote, but Jimmy Fallon raves about this whole thing in Fever Pitch. It's like, this, this in football, really, in my opinion, are the two hardest sports to fake football because you will get hurt if you try to fake it and baseball because there's no conceivable way to fake this sport without people noticing so we, we'd know right now if they were half-assing we'd know if they were not really caring about these games you care about every game you're in because you want to be in the best shape you can be when the actual season starts yeah and another comp let's compare kansas city to in spring training so far i know not a great spot to be uh comparing Five games but in. <laughs> it's not like we're gonna it's not like we're looking at this team and saying oh are they this good are they that good in terms of spring training play they are uh plus 11 run differential here is much better than that than they had when they were leading the division last year with like a minus 10 run differential in june and we're like can they hold on when's it going to happen then it all came disastrously crashing down i'm gonna go ahead and pick the one that actually got me to start having the idea for this uh conversation and this conversation topic brandon ryan fitzgerald of the boston red sox is the next alex rodriguez change my mind would you like to give us a little more context on who Ryan Fitzgerald of the Boston Ryan Red Sox Fitzgerald is? has started the bulk of games at third base for the Boston Red Sox this spring training. In these eight games, he's got 13 at-bats with five hits. Four of those are home runs. That leads all of the majors in spring training and a spring training leading nine RBIs. Nine. Ooh. Not eight, not seven, not six, nine. How old is this guy? It was like he's Absolutely. supposed to be in the majors this year or next year, or you know what the plan was for him? Or um, again, this isn't a guy that. This is another another one of those guys that's not really necessarily in the plan. This is a non-roster invitee type of guy. What I'm looking at here, only two full seasons in the majors. So he's, yeah, so he uh, started in 2018. Got it, and yeah. And now, of course, loses that 2020 season, so it's tough, but this guy's 27. 
uh, okay. good for him for kind of making yeah. it. But let's let, let me um, break away from the overreactions portion of this. If you keep playing like this, you're going to push yourself into a situation where you're roster adjacent. If that makes any sense. Like, of course, you've got reasonably they know what this roster is already going to be. It's just a matter of time. You're going to have Dahlbeck at first, Story at second, uh, Bogarts at shortstop, Devers at third, and then you'll have Arroyo and Kike that can play enough of the other positions to be your utility in- infielders for the year. One of those guys goes down, two of those guys goes down. Don't be surprised if you've got a shorts, a guy who can play shortstop and third base that's absolutely raking for you in spring training. You give him a little taste of um, a bigger taste of Worcester pitching. I mean, he had a BABIP of 308 last year. I'm trying to find where he did his. Oh, that's the advanced stats. My bad. Um, he slashed 270. Shoot, hold on. There we go. 262, 340, 571 in Worcester last year. So I have to think with his play right now, he is making himself roster adjacent. I love it. LJ, one of my just, I wouldn't say it's an overreaction, but just a reaction to something that I've seen. A lot of young players uh, playing really good. And I know that like the majority of, the rosters are these young players, but I'm talking about like guys that are top prospects and that are like know that they're top prospects playing really well. Joe Adele, over a thousand OPS in the six games he's played so far. CJ Abrams for the uh, San Diego Padres, one of the top infield prospects in the league. He's got a 1.3 OPS uh, since playing. Yoenis Cespedes is, I want to say, cousin. Yoelqui Cespedes on the White Sox. He's got two home runs and a 1.2 OPS plus or OPS. O'Neill Cruz on the Pittsburgh Pirates, one of their top prospects. I believe he's even the top 20 prospect in the league. He's got a 2,000 OPS through the four games that he's played, including two home runs. Just a lot of guys. Jonathan India, a guy who won the Rookie of the Year last year, he's coming out raking in his first four games so you love to see this that even the young guys that are known in the prospects that we do know to see them hitting well and playing well uh is a really good sign yeah uh highlight a couple other guys here not all of them huge sample sizes this next guy i'm going to bring up only eight at bats josh uh josh h smith shortstop for the uh, texas rangers hasn't uh, 1.875 OPS that, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry today. Um, 7.50 on base percentage in those. So got got on base six out of those eight times, hit five out of those eight times so far. This is a guy who might, at 24 years old, smell a little blood in the water here when you just moved, literally just moved on from a guy you thought was going to be the backup uh, infielder here to play that second base and play that shortstop for this team, this team with Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. There's certainly opportunity there. Another guy I think is positioning himself well, at least in the early portion here, again, very early with um, him too, in terms of playing time, Dom Smith. Dom Smith is the perpetual trade candidate 
of the New York Mets. Everything is constantly, does Dom Smith have a place in this roster? Is he good enough to be here? Will they trade him? Will they move on from him to get, bring in another piece? And every single time so far, it, the answer has been no, because he's been able to at some point play to the quality that he has to be kept on the roster. He becomes um, inexpendable at some point in the year. And then that makes that whole point moot. And then it just boots back up the next season. I think Dom Smith's starting off at a really nice point to getting those questions out of the way very early. Well, LJ, I'll have you know that my Cy Young of spring training um, through. Are you, you're naming it already? Well, so far, so far through seven innings. Your, your favorite, your favorite for it. Yeah, so, all right, here, here's how I'll do it. I'm going to say who I think, who who I would vote for if it ended today, and then who else would be close. So, I'm voting for Sandy Alcantara uh, through seven innings pitched. He's only allowed one earned run, which was a home run. That's also the only hit he's allowed, also the only base runner he's allowed through those seven innings. He's got the .14 whip, the uh, 1.29 ERA. Second place is really close between a few guys. Both Nathan Avaldi and Nick Pavetta of the Boston Red Sox have really good cases. I would honestly say that Avaldi has a little bit better of a case just because he's not allowed a home run yet. And then Eduardo Rodriguez is sneaky up there as well. Has also pitched seven innings. He's only allowed one home run. Um, but as for Sandy Alcantara to only have allowed one base runner through the seven innings he's pitched so far, uh, really impressive, uh, at least for now. Uh, hopefully we get a little bit bigger of a sample size <laughs> other than not even a full game of batters faced uh, yeah i hope i hope we get a little bit more sample size before we go picking the spring training cy young but even at that point i don't think this is a clear-cut favorite i mean you're talking about a guy who did let up a run on this hit and (laughs) more importantly five five strikeouts per seven like i wasn't gonna get i wasn't gonna get triggered at this until i really started to look at the stats i wasn't going to buy in and uh take at your digs nick pavetta's got 11 strikeouts through six and two-thirds okay i mean that that's good stuff i don't think he has to do much more sandy alcantara is going to uh not necessarily fall back to earth but he's not going to put up that next time out nick pavetta doesn't have to do much to get to where sandy alcantara is right now LJ, I'll have you know that that's in almost the, that's almost two strikeouts per inning, which would be eighteen Ks per nine. So it's yeah. like he's like at like sixteen Ks per nine. LJ, I'll have you know right now in this Yankee spring training game, it's the bottom of the first inning. They've loaded the bases on Luis Severino, and he's only thrown nineteen pitches. There's two outs, and they just had a mound visit. It's and the at what bottom point does of Luis the Severino blow his arm out. He's walked two, like this... he's walked two batters and allowed a hit and now I'm pretty sure he walked Harper. Yeah, he walked Harper. He was scared to face him. But like that that's what I mean here though. I feel like with 
these situations, it's always scary because when a guy doesn't have the control and when he's really struggling, it usually ends up in spring training that there's something wrong, that he's pushed too hard in his buildup and is going to miss time. And at least that's usually what I feel like I end up seeing when you see a guy get in this type of trouble. And especially if he gets in that trouble multiple times, multiple innings in a row, again, we're only in the uh, bottom of the first so far, but that's something that's not, that it's very possible. I'd have to imagine they're only going to let him go one more inning after this. Oh, that is trouble. That is a grand. Oh no. Off the bottom of the wall. Okay. Ooh. Thought Sevy just a lot of grand slam. It's only just a three run double. That's it. Okay. Nice. That's okay. That's That's okay. okay. Yeah. No, there's no way he gets through at this rate. There's no way he gets through. I don't know how you bring him 40 pitches right now because I'm pretty sure they're going to take him out like right now. Yeah, he, ha- again, hasn't had, like, last year he wasn't even healthy. And they had him pitching oh. in, in the wild card game. <laughs> like, it, the dude just came back from Tommy John, and, like, a month later they're just like, yep, like, you're coming in the sixth inning in a one-run game in the wild card game or whatever it was, two-run game. It's like, Jesus, like, got this guy pitching in like the highest leverage points of the season. He pitched in that game when Stan hit the hit the grand slam against the Red Sox. And that was like a week prior to the season even ending. It was like the Saturday before the season ended. Yeah, it really makes no sense. What we're going to see, yeah, I don't see how they let him go over 30 40 pitches until maybe his last start of spring training just to rest that. Either way, I will be shocked with the exception of one man or two two guys if they go more than twice through the order in April just because teams are going to be so hesitant to blow up these guys' arms. Those two guys are Zach Wheeler because Joe Girardi can't help himself and Jacob DeGrom because it's Jacob DeGrom. You know, I really think that Sandy Alcantara is the best workhorse pitcher in the league. Uh, and might be a big overreaction by me, but you look at the amount of innings that he puts up. He had he led the league in starts last year and had 205 innings on a really bad Marlins team, like really bad offensively. He's already to have 7 innings already in spring training. I mean, it it just seems like a lot. So, I think that guy is has an arm made of rubber. But I agree, it'd be I think that Scherzer, you can let him go. Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom, you're fine to let go. Garrett Cole, you're fine to let go. Um, oh, you see, I, I, I'll I, disagree. I'll fight you on Scherzer because you are dealing with a guy you just invested a lot of money in and an older player that you just invested a lot of money in. Fair. The last thing you want to do is screw around, especially because, like, it's really unnecessary. Like, you're not going to lose that much value by not taking these guys deep in the first month of the season. Give them more time to build up by not making them throw 100 pitches, 90 pitches per game. Did he I agree. Walk another batter? Uh, yeah, so he may have just walked another guy. So this is no bueno. 28 pitches, and here comes Sir Mr. Dr. Aaron Boone to the mound to remove Sevy. 
And who is this guy coming in? I've never heard of him before. I've never even seen this guy before. Well, we will probably we will take our little commercial break until Monday while the Yankees make their pitching change. Brandon, does that sound fair? Uh yes. We will when when we when we return Monday, we will have quite a bit to talk about, I'm sure. But until then, I'm Brandon, he's LJ. Check out the TikTok for new content. We're on three days a week next week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then once the season starts, you already know. What the, what's the show called? It's MLB Daily. We'll be here. Seven oh, days MLB week. Semi-Weekly. M- yeah, it, almost. I'm so happy the lockout ended, or else we literally would have had to change the name of the show. But, um, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will see you Monday. Have a good weekend. See ya. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.